Blog Talk Radio. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Deborah Voith, two out-of-the-broom-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC radio network. During each episode, Elvira and Deb will help you create rituals, cast spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Deb, take it away. Hello to all of our fellow witcherinos, spellcasters, diviners, and all of you other magical listeners. Join myself, Deb Voice, and Elvira Love as we explore later this hour another form of power, which is aspecting deity. But for right now, let's just check in and catch up with each other. So what have you been up to over the past week, Elvira? Well, it's been kind of a, a interesting experience. Obviously, our weather is just as unpredictable here as it may be anywhere else <laughs> that is going on. We've had um, we've had two heat wave uh, advisories. One of them was today, and one of them was uh, actually um, will be tomorrow. And then we had thunder and lightning, and a potential potential tornado potential. Um, last mm. night, and before that, we've had you know like major thunderstorms, and you know I had to go out and I have no, flags that fun. I put out all the way around my porch, and so I had to run around and get all the flags out. So that's you know <laughs> been a an external situation. The internal thing has been um, a lot of you know working with getting this uh, show researched and getting used to the, the, the tempo now of having that. Um, I've had, you know, a really nice time. I just went uh, on Sunday to the lake, which we have here. It's called Beaver Lake. And um, mm-hmm. sat and watched my daughter and uh, her daughter and uh, her husband paddle around. And then this is what was really exciting the fire department, we have a, you know, a specific fire department that is in Beaver Shores. It's, it's set up. And so they came down with their pump truck. And what they did was they took big, huge hose and stuck it in the water. And then they basically cleared all their hoses. So they were literally shooting these huge plumes of water. And it was just, it was amazing. And, of course, there were a lot of people that were kind of going underneath and wanting to get under the sprinkles and everything. But they also had a small one for the children to hold. They would help them hold it, but hold it so they could, you know, shoot a a hose, you know, a fire hose. And um, my granddaughter, yeah, my granddaughter was a little too 
shy. She just wanted to look, but she was happy to go puddle around out with the spray and everything. But it was, I took some beautiful videos. <laughs> it was awesome. So Aww. that's kind of the, the place that I came from. And it was very refreshing. <laughs> and, you know, I could just sit there and I was watching that. And then, you know, people are running around on boats all over the place doing skiing, you know, water <laughs> skiing or tubing. And it was, wow. it was fun. And I just, you know, enjoyed myself not necessarily getting wet. I just could enjoy the wind and the breeze. And that helped balance, you know, balance me out mm-hmm. a lot with <laughs> all the stuff that's been going on and, you know, that we've had, you know, um, you know, a lot of places and people, things here at where I'm living, people are moving out, people are coming in there, you know, all that. So it, it kind of, my dogs get all excited. They think that it's doggy television because they can see out the side and the front. And so anything that happens, including the rabbits and the squirrels, um, they go hysterical oh, yeah. over. So, yeah. So sometimes it's yeah. good. Right now they're in their room and calm, so we don't have, you know, a lot of that mm-hmm. happening right now. So what <laughs> happened on your end of the world? Well, you know, I, I'm kind of in line with you. Good old summertime days. Um, this past week, in between doing readings um, and burning candles, for new and old clients, um, I got to spend time with family, um, especially mm-hmm. my my youngest daughter, uh, Laura, came into town, and we did some good old summertime stuff. Went, you know, to the lake, ate food, went swimming, um, went out on, um, um, somebody had a pontoon boat, we went out on that, and then... Um, I'm a big kid, and so um, I love having the long stretch of summer, um, I mm-hmm. loved it when I was a kid, and I love these times where I kind of get to see, like, with my grandkids, I kind of get to see the world through their eyes for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, what did I do? I um, my um, With my little granddaughter, who's 10, um, we um, threw and were finding treasures in my old casting jewelry, <laughs> you know, and we're just <laughs> digging through there. And then my 16-year-old grandson was going through this phase where he never used to like scary movies, but he, he was wanting to watch some scary movies and, and asked me to watch, watch them with him. And so it was like the middle of the day, you know, it wasn't dark yet. We're watching the scary mm-hmm. movies and making crazy commentary throughout the film, <laughs> which was really <laughs> a lot of fun. We were screaming uh-huh. at the characters and throwing popcorn at the screen from time to time. and. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and right. me, it's just like I actually I do feel like a kid again when I'm with them and just like with the littler kids it's like everything to them is exciting you know and so mm-hmm. it is kind of cool because it's like you're seeing the world through their eyes when you're doing something with them and it's like wow you know yeah you know you appreciate mm-hmm. the little things like dandelions <laughs> and yeah. uh, daisies and yeah. stuff like that and um yeah, and then my other grandson is a huge, he's he's 10, and he's like a huge storyteller. And what he'll do is he'll, I can just see him being a director because he wants to act everything out. He'll be like, um, <laughs> well, let's be in this world, and I'll be so-and-so, and you be, you know, such and such. And then um, and he'll tell me, when, and pretend like we're, we're going on a journey, you know, and so then we'll start mm-hmm. like, 
talking it out and acting it out and stuff like that. And he could, he, when I watch him, it's like, man, that boy could do that for hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my granddaughter, she's eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure you can relate. It's just like, you know, and I I'm just like um when I was younger and my kids were um off for the summer uh from school, you know, I would be so excited. I mean, cuz I really had fun with my kids. And, you know, especially like right at the beginning, you know, in June I'd be full of energy. July I'd still be full of energy and then about the first or second week of August, I'd be kind of tired. I'd be starting to look mm-hmm. at the calendar, like, "Whoa, when's school starting?" <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so that's yeah. kind of how um, how my my week's been. <laughs> good, good. Well, it's it's good to hear that. I know, especially um, for us, that you know, with our grandkids, it's really, really interesting. You have a broader spectrum of your own biological grandkids. I have step grandkids and uh-huh. so they do span the spectrum. But um most of them now are well, one seventeen as my daughter said this week and I think you'll relate to this. She's seventeen going on thirty, you know <laughs> with all right. the attitudes that go with that. Sure. And oh yeah. The others are yeah. out, you know, they're they're living their life. They're you know, and they haven't they mm-hmm. got girlfriends and you know, boyfriends, but they're not into having kids yet, mm-hmm. which, you know, in circumstances, yeah. it's just, so the younger ones are precious. They really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To hang out with. I know yeah. when you were talking about your, your grandson making stories and everything, I mean, my <laughs> granddaughter does the same thing. She just, she goes, she creates <laughs> stories. I gave her, um, for her birthday, I gave her one of these magnetic uh, plexiglass magnetic blocks and she brought it over the other day when she was with me and she made this house and it had two apartments <laughs> and she was talking about it and there was a boy and a girl and you know all wow. these different things and you know got uh, really into the the story of it and then there are other stories mm-hmm, she will mm-hmm. go through but it's just fascinating yeah. that creativity is so fluid and we spend mm-hmm. our time really trying to drag that fluidity into our lives again. <laughs> right, right, yeah. No, I can just see, like, um, I mean, they light up and, and everything is magical. And um, I know, like, and I have six grandkids, and they, they all seem like they're very interested in any kind of folklore. Um mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, lots of times, um, especially, let's just, you know, staying overnight, it'll be like, tell me a story, you know, <laughs> before right. before I go to sleep, tell me a story, you know. And so um, I've got, like, I should get more books because I've got, like, maybe, you know, um, I've got a lot of books, but as far as kids' books, they're kind of a <laughs> well-picked pick, pick, over <laughs> six books, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then we just start making stories up, you know, off the top of our heads and, and going with that. And that, you know, sometimes that can be more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The other thing I really like doing um, around this time of the summer is I notice that the fireflies are starting to come out at night. And um, mm-hmm. it, 
I love, uh, to me, those just seem really magical. Like, we'll be outside oh. and just, like, kind of waiting, you know, as dusk settles for yeah. uh, the fireflies to start zipping <laughs> around the, the yard or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can see where they actually, that's where the fairies came out in terms of the 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 stories and the fairy tales and the, you know, and any of the magical workings that, you know, witches and all of the indigenous cultures would do is that <laughs> these fireflies are so magical. I mean, they, they are. So, mm-hmm. but, so let's sort of see what's going on. I know you introduced aspecting. So what is that all right. about? Well, um, so this month, um, we are talking about power and, and sources of power. And so last week we talked about um, personal power and empowerment. Um, and so this week we're, we're focusing on aspecting. And so what is it? Um, aspecting is a, a term that originated in the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft. And the term has in recent times uh, come to be used outside of the tradition. Um, in ceremonial magic, this process is called the Godhead assumption, been used in similar forms in several magical systems, past and present. Um, in advanced uh, witchcraft practices, for those who work routinely with spirits and conjuration, the witch might learn to master this technique um, so much that it might become like more of an automatic and internalized process. Um, but basically, the definition of aspecting is drawing, um, drawing the deity into you. It's a form of trance-induced possession where the body and the mind of the subject performing the aspecting becomes overlaid or um, some people might say ridden um, by the energy and the um, personality of that specific deity. And so um, aspecting is often seen like as a method or a technique used to connect um, more deeply with the deity by drawing their energy or their essence inside of you. And so we act as a container for the divine uh, by drawing some of the prasanna of the god or goddess into our own body. And in that way, we often provide the deity with a voice, you know, with the ability to um, use our voice and movement and, um, you know, be in the physical element. Um, And so this is usually, especially in the beginning, it's usually done in ritual. And so it's not done alone. and so it's important to have like a, a tender or uh, another person that's attending to you. Um, and so it's basically a form of possession or invocation. And invoking means to draw spirit or essence into you. Evoking is different. That means to draw spirit to you. And um, in ritual, deity is often called to ritual as an evocation. And sometimes people will mix up those terms. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, invocation when what they really mean is is evocation, um, where they're drawing spirit or drawing deity to them. Um, so aspecting deities, like, a, it's a special process. 
Some compare the experience to trance channeling or trance possession or trance mediumship um, and um, an understanding and agreement of the amount of presence and control that the deity will take is decided upon beforehand. Um, so aspecting is a matter of degree in it, decide and express what that will be ahead of time. Um, so it can go, there's, um, the process can vary from like a partial um, to a full possession. Um, and, oh, I'll just say one form of aspecting that many of us might be familiar with is called drawing down the moon. And that's um, that's a lovely sort of ritual, and I I bet you that that's the type of aspecting that most people start out with. Um, right. But then there there are like um, I would say well depending on what source you're looking at, um, I think some people write that there's five different levels of aspecting. Some say three. I just kind of generalized it more into into three um, levels or degrees of experience when it comes to aspectation. And so the first one would be um, in light act aspectation. You are surrounded and inspired by the energy of the divine manifestation. And so some practitioners call this light, light aspectation presencing. And this can happen spontaneously while we are intently researching a deity or divine entity, especially when we identify closely to their story or to their personality. We might feel as if we're surrounded in the energy of deity while we're doing that. Um, or, or we might feel or sense that deity is talking to us or mm -hmm. placing their hand on our shoulder. Some people sense that deity is walking alongside them. Um, it might happen to you out in nature um, or during a guided meditation. Um, I've heard some say that it's happened to them during automatic writing or even during prayer. And this sometimes occurs, well, it does occur in, in um, a lot of basic rituals where you're inviting deity to your ritual during evocation um, or even while you're playing out the deity's mythos or story. Um, and it can also happen when we're dedicating ourselves to a specific uh, deity. So it can happen to us um, during any of those actions, especially during ritual, um, and particularly when evoking for um, doing the work of magic or divination during the the ritual. Um, I always think of lots of times divination um, is is like talking to God or goddess. You know, it's where you're using some form of communication at that time. Um, and then there is like a moderate. Um, so I just described what light aspectation would be. So then moderate aspectation, this is more of like a partial invocation. This involves invoking and partially aspecting. So this is where we draw the manifestation of the deity in to take partial control of our body. Um, 
The intention of this process is defined between you and spirit beforehand uh, as part of the process, you know, of just getting ready, the whole preparation process. Um, and when uh, talking to spirit, um, when I've talked to spirit workers or witches or any other magical practitioners about aspecting, uh, this moderate practice is most likely what's, um, and this is also the state or condition where we, that we experience when speaking as the deity. Um, many describe this moderate expectation as feeling like a part of themselves has stepped aside or partially moved. And um, this is usually during a heavier trance state, and the person might only have a vague or partial memory of the experience. Um, oops, sorry. Um, okay, so then deep, um, the third level is deep aspectation. And so that's the most extreme level, and that would be where you're nearly full or totally uh, possessed. It's a total, you know, invocation. And this, um, this is during full trance possession. And when this is happening, we're no longer present. The um, practitioner might be able to say or do things that they normally would not be able to do, such mm -hmm. as... Um, speaking in tongues or archaic languages or even performing physical acts that are beyond their usual personal strength or ability. So um, often there's no memory or conscious awareness of what took place, and it's kind of like a divine roofie, <laughs> um, right. if you will. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> that's... Um, that's a you know a very generalized um, like kind of like the three degrees of um, of what aspectation might look like, um, and some of the reasons I mean for doing that some might wonder like well why would you want to do that some people might think like oh you know sign me up <laughs> I'm ready to go, um, <laughs> <Right>. but. <laughs> Some people might kind of balk at this, um, but some of the reasons that we might do it is that um, we might be longing to experience or feel or, um, you know, to be a part of something much larger than ourselves. Um, another reason might be that some of us might already feel a connection to a particular god or goddess and we might wish to explore and experience a deeper relationship with them or create a closer bond with them. Um, some might see aspecting as a mutual gift between you and deity um, because you're giving deity the time to briefly experience the physical realm and sensations um, while allowing us to experience the divine. Right. And, um, some other reasons is that some of us, um, I've heard of some people report experiencing increased insights and informational downloads. Mm -hmm. Another reason might be that um, we might wish to create a mutual exchange of energy and benefit from this deity's specific gifts and powers. Mm -hmm. And then there's some of us, you know, especially those who work in conjuration of spirits, 
um, we might aspect as a way of working with deity for divination, healing, or other works of magic. Um, and so kind of my <laughs> my beginning information there, I was wondering, do you have anything, um, any thoughts on that? Well, I do, but I also think <laughs> that we need to consider that we are, you know, getting sort of close to our time for our commercial. So, um, ah. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's one of those things with aspecting for me that, mm-hmm. um, because I know when we talked uh, on last week to prepare for this or get an idea where we're going, uh, I actually realized that I would be more the light trance and walking with, you know, walking with the deity kind of somewhat participating, you know, with mm-hmm. the energies in that way. Um, but realistically, this is a very powerful process and you know to become mm-hmm. aware you have to you know like you were talking prepare you know they call it i guess you know prepare the container because we are the container when we become mm-hmm. when we participate in this and you know the idea of what is the you know like what is our intention and what are we going to do mm-hmm. what am i going to do and then <laughs> kind of setting down and and starting to empty you know your mind and get yourself ready to, to be able to um, do what you're going to do. So there are different, you know, techniques to ground and, and center and breathe. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know they're personal. They're, you know, when you're doing it with a group, then you have music, you have um, um, chanting, you have these other things that start the process, you know, to contain the energy. And then obviously the individual, if it's a group, the individual that is going to be doing the aspecting, you know, will be doing their particular part of preparing um, the container. I love where so you're I going know. with this, but I think we're going to end up. Um, yes, we're going to have to start. To a, we're going to have to stop. We're coming <laughs> a moment. back to you in just a moment. <laughs> okay, darling, not a problem. <laughs> You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. LMC. (laughs) You're listening to the LMC Radio Network. Broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James. Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. In syndication, Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt. Tuesdays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. In syndication, Thursdays. 
all time specific, at three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I love that music. I'm sorry. That is my favorite part of this. You know, the process of hearing that music yeah. is just going to bounce. <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 So, but I want to continue with uh, where you were going because you were covering some interesting thoughts on the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's because when you, when you, with the concept of you are the container, you know, or mm-hmm. and again, the container can be fully on, partially on. You know, con- mm-hmm. you know, walking together, but you're still containing an energy that mm-hmm. is vibrating that mm-hmm. deity's energy, whether it's a god or a goddess. I'm going to use deity mostly because we are talking both of gods and goddesses, and it helps mm-hmm. kind of give a, a fluidity to what we do. You know, and and in in this process, but. Um, mm-hmm. I found that, you know, reading about this was, you know, really interesting from my own personal experiences. It was putting, like, uh, some structure to mm-hmm. the information of what you do, you know, and how you, you get everything called, you know, you call in the deity or you mm-hmm. call in the presence. You call, you know, the, 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 the place you have agreed on, what you're agreeing mm-hmm. on to do. And, mm-hmm. yeah. um the other part is getting out. And, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, again, you were talking about a tender. Well, if there's someone, mm-hmm. because it's a large group or you have, you know, someone who's taking that on while training mm-hmm. somebody, um, right. there are certain things you need to, to um, start to, to mm-hmm. work on to bring them back and reverse it. And obviously, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, a gentle, a gentle, and you have to determine um, if this is viable, a gentle touch, um, mm-hmm. some kind of mundane um, sense of, uh, of uh, what you feel is there, like asking questions, like, you know, certain mundane mm-hmm. questions or say your name three times and, you know, be, be, bring it back in terms of an external mm-hmm. person working with you. Internally, mm-hmm. it. For me, I, I basically start to feel the, the presence moving out or moving aside mm-hmm. and going, and I will start to stretch. I will yawn. I will smack, <laughs> like, smack my lips, you know, like bodily functions <laughs> that bring me into mm-hmm. my body. And then obviously, um, you know, if I say it in my head, my name, or I ask, you know, like, what day is this? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> It'll get me back. Right. And yeah. Then the last thing that everyone knows that, you know, when you have cakes and, and, and ale or cakes and, and soda or whatever, it's eat. Put mm-hmm. something in your mouth and eat and drink, and that will bring you, because it's uh-huh. a visceral body functioning process that brings you back in your body. Because the power that mm-hmm. comes out of this is in whatever variation or degree is so intense that, you know, mm-hmm. we as humans, we need to come back into the physical form. So I I right. kind of was watching that and reading about it. I loved your way of describing the levels because, mm-hmm. you know, there are different levels to, to consider. 
and, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of where you're going with this, you know, in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the, I think they, you know, I think it's like outer path, inner path, and, you know, Mm -hmm. what is the, the inner is more personal and the outer is, uh, when I say personal, it's like you are dealing mm-hmm. with like my philosophy is the co-creative process, dealing with deity in a co-creative process personally, you know, with them being mm-hmm. there and to a certain degree, it, you know, coming in, a, you know, into a person mm-hmm. to myself a little bit and then um, uh, working with something, either a question mm-hmm. or uh, a situation, I mean, you know, or just the I, learning. I like factor. that. I like that. So yeah. you have like a set intention before you mm-hmm. begin and mm-hmm. and kind of go in with that. Um, can you, um, I don't know, can you uh, kind of describe like your process a little? Sure, sure. Um, it. <laughs> what happened is, the way we started this was, um, or way I started was with um, two other women, and we kind of formed a triad. And ah. so we, would, we there you go. We set it up where we would come together. I know. Trust me, that's my. You know, it's like yes, I love that number. Um, but I found that we would set up a circle. We would, you know, do the standard you know, cleansing of the area and then the, you know, setting it aside from the real world with, you know, the salt and the, you know, creating the power structure of that energy and then, you know, calling our directions in and doing that. And then what we would do is we would state our intention for what we were going to do and Mm -hmm. then we would get into a, a, a comfortable position. And we always had music going on in the background, even though we weren't drumming or anything, but it was, you know, music and very spiritual uh, of it. And then we would go in. Now, we had already started building a temple in the inner world. And how mm-hmm. we would get to the temple uh-huh. and then how we would go in, we, we would ask to come in, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. part of this is, is respect for the deity. And she, you know, mm-hmm. basically it was over time that she, the deity proceeded to explain how to start to connect with her. And so that's what we, mm-hmm. what we did. And then when we understood oh. the general, then we would go mm-hmm. in and each of us would have a personal experience with the deity. Mm-hmm. And um, for me... I love it. I love that, Elvira. It sounds like um, instead of having deity come to you or come within you, you had um, this astral temple and you went to her. Yes. Is that that accurate? Exactly. um, That is very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. like that. And it was for a long time. And then there there were, you know, other times where Mm -hmm. we would call her to us. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, she would come to us and um, each of us, each of us had a particular gift. So each of Mm -hmm. us was able to receive her in a specific way. And then we Mm -hmm. would take turns communicating what we were getting. So it was like we had three Mm -hmm. aspects 
of the deity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was usually when we were trying to do something that was big on the physical plane and we needed Mm -hmm. to have that connection with the deity to get that information and Mm -hmm. work on the physical plane rather than, you know, the the other going to her. But um, I I love that because I I do believe that whatever – you do in the physical plane um, reverberates onto the astral plane and whatever you do in the mm-hmm. astral plane, I believe reverberates into the physical plane. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's such a, such a powerful way to work. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, now because we're no longer in, um, <laughs> we're no longer in the physical <laughs> interactive areas and one of us has passed mm-hmm. on, um, we connect through the, you know, through the astral because we don't have that. We did for a while. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank goodness for technology. We did the, the phones. We did for a long time. We did cell phones because oh. one person was out of state and two of us were in the same state. And um, <laughs> we didn't get to Zooming at that point, but did FaceTiming. So, you know, huh. but it it always worked around. And for the longest time, been how I work with the, the different deities. I, you know, this, this mm-hmm. one, and they're dedicating yourself. That's the other part mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. you get to ask question, do you wish to dedicate yourself to mm-hmm. um, the deity? And then, of course, there's a whole process mm-hmm. of um, ritual and, you know, initiation mm-hmm. process. And that, and what I found here in, in, in my own practice is that it isn't necessarily a primary only one deity. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you can have more than one that you are, yeah. you know, dedicating to, that you work with um, in terms mm-hmm. of that and bring, you know, bring the aspecting process in. And some of them want different, mm-hmm. you know, it's different ways you aspect with them, you know. Mm-hmm. So very personal. So what are your experiences of that kind of situation? Um, Well, deities that I've mainly worked with, there's been, I would say there's three main ones that I have or do work with. And there's a couple of other ones. I really think that... um, I believe that we all have... um, we can all do aspecting because we carry a spark of the divine within ourselves and that we're all connected, you know, through the quantum mm-hmm. field. But I think that we each carry and emit kind of a unique vibration, like a, a radio wave. You mm-hmm. can't see it, mm-hmm. but we know it's there. And because of that, I think our best results often happen when our radio wave is close to the radio wave of the one we seek to connect with whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, deity or spirit of the dead or elemental or, you know, whatever. Um, but I've, um, the ones that I have been the closest to, um, there's three of them. There's, uh, and I've had a very different experience with each of them. And so Bridget um, is, was my first one, I think, that I aspected with. And it's interesting because um, 
as a little Catholic girl <laughs> when I was 13, <laughs> um, <laughs> I had the sacrament of confirmation where you choose a name. And the name mm-hmm. I, I chose was Bridget. And so uh, just a few <laughs> a few years after that, I started reading about her goddess slash saint status and just kind of exploring her more. And um, I used to do um, a lot of writing, um, poetry writing when I was younger. And um, mm-hmm. and that's how I got, like, the um, my little shop was called Bewitching Bee because I had um, a friend, um, Bob Smoke, who was also a poet and a songwriter, and he would call me Bewitching Bee because Deborah means bee. <laughs> And mm-hmm. so, um, so I, um, I experienced with her, it was just, um, always a very, like a fiery sense of creative energy, um, but mm-hmm. kind of mutable, um, not overwhelming, but very, uh, steady, like kind of a pulsing creative energy that was just mm-hmm. very, very sweet and very, very nice to work with. And then of course, I know you know this uh, deity, Hecate. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> her was at first, she was a little overwhelming. Um, and um, I, when I do the, you know, aspecting with her, I mainly sense her within the solar sh- chakra. And everything mm-hmm. around me kind of takes on a matrixy like look to it in my vision um and it also feels like kind of like a power surge um Mm -hmm. with a somewhat denser energy um so and i and the other thing is i usually feel like i'm filled like with a sense of knowing um she's uh quite a phenomenal um deity very multifaceted um (laughs) and it's awesome for you know communing with to perform divinations and communing with the dad or or opening and closing portals. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last one um, that I've worked with a lot is Our Lady of Grace. Um, she is the, um, the form of Mary, I guess, that, um, that saves lost souls. Um, mm-hmm. So she elevates lost restless or in tranquil spirits and um i um when i work with her i experience an energy that immediately draws me out of my head and into my heart space and um and that's uh, she's also another favorite favorite to work with um but i was thinking for um just the things to know before um before you know delving into aspecting deity you know i think that there's like a real need to respect yourself and properly prepare for the process um you know um especially like just having an awareness and knowledge of your own power like we were talking about last week and how Mm -hmm. that looks and feels and um there's a practice called sitting in the power It's it's a meditative practice um, mm-hmm. that a medium from England, um, his spirit guide, uh, he, like, downloaded this um, um, meditation practice. And it's basically, it's just sitting in the power of yourself. 
and getting real familiar with your power. And then you expand that and sit in the power of spirit. And then you can even expand that more and sit in the power of source or mm-hmm. God, goddess, deity. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a real nice practice. And I, there's even like YouTube videos or other things that people can kind of look into that if they would like to. Um, and also to respect deity. Like I think we need to do our research and attain like an understanding of who they are, you know, what their story is. And they're mm-hmm. also like their cultural context. Um, right. And so it's important, you know, of course, to decide and kind of contract with the deity, if you will. Um, consider how much, how much are you going to allow the deity to mm-hmm. have, you know, 20% of you, 50%. You know, that should be given a lot of thought and consideration. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I think, you know, being able to cleanse and center and uh, ground your energy and also being, you know, I think one of the most important things is being proficient at both, you know, entering and leaving that trance state. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how to to do an invocation. so I think, you know, um, the more we practice with anything, the more advanced we become. Um, so, like, say, like, if we never had never driven a, driven a car, like, we wouldn't want to jump in um, a vehicle and drive on the expressway before having some training practice <laughs> and experience. <laughs> so it's the same, you know, same scenario. You, you need to get some training, you know, find someone who knows what they're doing and, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. practice, get some experience with that before you really, really jump into um, doing that. Um, and I like what so. you were bringing up. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go on, Dara. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I really like what you were talking about, too, because there are aspecting is a powerful way, you know, to to connect and to access um, maybe some power and information and stuff like that. But there's other ways, um, like what you were talking about, instead of having deity come to you, maybe sometimes you might like to go to deity. Um, Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. things you can do in meditation, you know, allowing ourselves to go into a receptive state, and then we can see the world through the eyes of the divine. And, you know, and then journal your experiences. You know, I feel like just like when I'm with my grandkids and I'm seeing the world through through their eyes at mm-hmm. certain moments, mm-hmm. you know, you can do the same thing um, with deity, you know, because we are all connected. Um, yeah. Walking in nature is a big one. I, I find that, you know, as I walk along, lots of times, you know, I start just connecting <laughs> all over the place seeing faces right. in the trees and, <laughs> you know. Because that's um, the life force and, you know, the life force is mm-hmm. in everything and that will <laughs> communicate to you. And, again, the communication comes with what you are more uh, comfortable and familiar with. They're not going to hit you, well, sometimes they can hit you over the head to get your attention. <laughs> but most times 
it's with the the intent that we want to connect you know and you want to connect so we're we're going to try you know dialing up and getting a line and having it ring and you go mm-hmm. oh look it's a tree with a face in it or it's you know the, the <laughs> hot these aspects um interesting enough is the right. other thing that i found that came up is the fact that they talk about researching you know your the mm-hmm. deity researching finding the myths mm-hmm. finding the places that mm-hmm. they you know that they were they began their their in what their physical incarnation here as you know energy patterns mm-hmm. that people connected with um mm-hmm. so a lot of times there's you know going to you know if you can going to a sacred place that is there it's just like you know oh, um, yeah you have sacred wells and yes you'd like mm-hmm. to go to glastonbury but if you can find a a, a, a sacred <laughs> watering area sacred well mm-hmm. here in the united states we go there i was lucky enough that when i did go to sicily i was mm-hmm. able and pursued it with intent to get to um hakate's temple yeah. now oh. because hakate's temple was attached to mm-hmm. um demeter's because of the myth that the, uh. the greek slash roman myth um mm-hmm. it, it was that it wasn't like you know going to Turkey or Anatolia and finding one just to Hakate. Uh-huh. But it was fascinating mm-hmm. because it wasn't <laughs> rebuilt. It was just mm-hmm. the out, uh, you know, like an outer wall kind of hanging there with some stuff. But you could you could go in and you could feel it, and you could feel <laughs> that that vibration of the the energy of this be, this deity. And wow. you know, we have that here in the United States in different forms. We can, you know, with reverence you know, translate because they are for each land, but Mm -hmm. they are also part of the same river. And I think we Mm -hmm. need to take that into account when we're trying to connect with the deity is, you know, working to get some visceral experiences along with the research and, you know, the the information gathering. And Mm -hmm. as you say, journaling and letting it, It'll come through. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I. Yeah. I. So yeah. It, it's kind of like I'm. You're sitting there, and I'm going, yes, yes, this, that. You know about the <laughs> the way to get to know the deity because mm-hmm. it's right. It's like getting to know somebody like you and I got to know each other by contacting each other, <laughs> talking to each right. other, technically yeah. zooming. You know to mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. who we are and that's the same mm-hmm. kind of thing you're doing with deity and even though they are maybe bigger energy it's mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. You know, connecting right right you know i think that um a good thing to do is if you have like a specific deity that you that are you're you're drawn to you know create like a little shrine in your mm-hmm. in your home and um yeah do little offerings, light a candle to them or some flowers on the altar and, and just, you know, uh, talk to them. You know, just talk to them like you're talking to a friend. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, and it, it all, it it's a part of experiencing spirit, life force, deity, mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was fascinating. A quick story before we're going to have to, you know, kind of close ourselves down for the for the hour. Okay. It goes by so fast. Um, yeah. My mother never sent us to any kind of particular religion, you know, or, or mm-hmm. church or anything. And mm-hmm. he kept talking about it as life force, you know. Now, this is a man who was Catholic, raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and his mother was raised Methodist. But this is how they described it. And it's funny, I came over the research of this, and they started talking about life force, you know, the life mm-hmm. force, you know, the energy. And I'm just, like, mm-hmm. looking at that going, whoa, no wonder I took the path. Because <laughs> yeah. before he even thought of what he was, you know, presenting <laughs> in my world, mm-hmm. he was presenting something that was going to move me into this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So, and it is, yeah. it's life force, whether it's a life mm-hmm. force of a deity or a life force of a human being or a fish or whatever, it's a life force and we can connect with it. It's just, we have to find the appropriate ways. Yeah. And so that um, just to kind of, uh, I guess, recap, in a nutshell, um, mm-hmm. aspecting will usually involve having an agreement or a contract beforehand regarding how much space, time, and activity is permitted by you with the deity. Researching um, and um, attaining the perspective of, you know, cultural context about the deity, um, preparation of yourself and your sacred space, you know, preparation of yourself as a, a as a container, as a sacred mm-hmm. container, uh, and the participation of others, you know, especially early on, and having someone you trust in the role of your tender, mm-hmm. and then learning ritual and invocation, um, and um, the actual act. During the ritual would consist of grounding energy before and after, and then transfer um, mm-hmm. in performing the invocation. And then always remember at the end to thank the deity. And you know, if you did sense you opened any portals or anything, just make sure you close them up when you're done. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. So. <laughs> Yeah, the stories we could tell when we talk about closing portals, very important, <laughs> very, very important. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So, I think yeah. this has been very informative. I really have found that you have a really excellent grasp of this. I'm impressed and, and grateful that you're my co-host this year and, and oh. works with me as a team. Because oh, back you. at you. <laughs> Fist bumps bumps in the air. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. obviously we we will be, you know, back again next week with more Mm -hmm. fun things. But um, at this point, uh, we have, you know, to thank um, our our cauldron slash Nagashiva for the tech work (laughs) and all of the the, the um, things that he does oh behind the God. scenes and, you know. Yeah, Thank you so it. much, Nagasiva. <laughs> yeah, it's Absolutely. very important. And it's not just tech, it's all the other stuff going, you know, to make this out there for people to think, see that it's back on track and mm-hmm. we'll be, you know, moving um, forward. We've got uh, a lot of fun things to, to talk about over the next five months. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, 
that'll bring us a lot more fun right. and research because I love researching. That's probably, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a, not a, I do too. a, yeah, stick in the mud where I don't want to read or find <laughs> anything out. But, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like I get these things and then I suddenly have notes that I'm taking that have nothing to do with what we're doing, <laughs> but it's led me on another thought process over here. So I kind of write those down before I forget them. No, by right. I mean, I always end up with like way too many notes, and that to me the hard part is like honing it down and being like, okay, what what are the most important things that I need to bring yeah. out or that we need to discuss yeah. during this, you know, um, oh yeah, brief time that we're oh, here, yeah. you know, and um, <laughs> but that's part of the fun of it too, I think. Yeah. Um, so oh, I think uh, this should... month we've been talking. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. You got to You got to go with the the next yeah, part, and then. We go yeah, yeah. We just, we've been talking about power. And so um, so um, we started out with inner power and empowerment. Now we're talking about aspecting. And um, next week it'll be talking about power without our powers outside of ourselves that we can use in our mag- to aid us in our magical work. Um, am I forgetting anything else or... Is there anything else no, to add? No, I think it's just, you know, it's calling on power outside of ourselves that is different mm-hmm. than deity in that format. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're fine. Mm-hmm. I think we've got less than a minute. So I will say see you on the radio next week. <laughs> and it was fun doing our show. You can yes. close us down. Until next time, which on, which well, and yeah, which hey. boldly. <laughs> Whoa. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron a radio broadcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Central, and is available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com That's witchpriestesscauldron.com Until next time, Merry Meet, Merry Part, and Merry Meet Again. Blessed be!